Welcome to the Film Lock Podcast, where we break down films, learn from the pros, and try to become better filmmakers. I'm Robert Carr. I'm John Boyd, Richard Scott, and Christian K Dog Foreman. Ari. Hello. 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 Um, as always, we're going to start off with a movie fact. Um, there's no prizes. It's just this is what we do. Um, so, Christian, why don't you go second? <laughs> Which puts me yeah. first. Here we go. Yeah. All right. So, have you guys seen the the film Avengers Infinity War? Yes. Never and, heard of it. And you know of um, Chris Hemsworth, don't you? Chrissy Hemsworth, I that's me. Chrissy Hemsworth. Yeah. So, contrary to popular belief, all of Chris Hemsworth's space <laughs> scenes were actually filmed on Earth. Uh, that's to accommodate the actor's oxygen dependency. So he's one of these people who needs oxygen in order to survive. So they couldn't actually film in space. Uh, so what they did was they filmed on Earth uh, in a sound studio and then sort of just like CGI'd it. Now, I know like, I think between the three of us, we're, we're all in favour of like practical effects. But I think in this sense, like it makes it, it makes more sense to, to keep them alive rather than uh, make them choke in space. Yeah, that's that's very true. That's uh that's a that's a pretty good fact that I would have never have guessed. You're such a good actor. You would well, never Well yeah, exactly. Never, yeah. Never like the whole time watching that film and they're in space, I'm thinking, well they're obviously in space, aren't they? Like that's where they're yeah. spending the three hundred million on to get these people in space and somehow surviving. But no, apparently they did it on a sound stage. Oh wow. I don't know how well, to feel about like, that to be honest. You should get should get an Oscar for that because he looks like he's in space. <laughs> Are you spending? Um, are you spending? Are you spending long researching these facts, Rich? Well, you know I when mean, Rob, you know, like two minutes before we started recording, <laughs> Rob was like, "You need to come up with a fact." Yeah, like, that's when I started googling. I mean, I, I mean, to be honest, Christian, you've got to try and beat that because that was a pretty good fact. So, <laughs> mine's actually not that good. Um, so we've all seen the um, the Goonies, right? Uh, yeah. No, you haven't no, seen the Goonies. Not. Nah, I don't right, think that could be win this fight. That could be one to add to the list. Then, well, in the Goonies, there's a big scene about you know two thirds through the film where oh, they don't um, spoil it. Don't spoil it. You're going to need a different fact now. <laughs> <laughs> a big a big ship is real. You're not going to like this fact at all if you haven't seen the film. Spaceship. Uh, no, like a pirate ship. Yeah, pirate spaceship. Yeah, sure. Uh, is is Goonies out of space? Like, so like <laughs> it's, a, it's a Marvel film. Oh right, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, they actually shot that in space. <laughs> Alright, <laughs> on, carry on. Um, so the the director wanted a genuine response from the child actors when the, this kind of ship was revealed. So he didn't let them see it before and just kind of let the cameras roll um, when they revealed the ship. And then they couldn't use the footage because they all just like swear their heads heads off oh, for like know. how good it was. That's pretty much the fact. It's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't like how. Christian is so stilted, yeah, about the fact that his fact's not very good, but mine is clearly bullshit. <laughs> like he's still, the, he's still like, oh, it's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, like it's still not that good. So, Rich, I think you're going to win this week. Yeah. Um, because that is a fact that I did not know. So, uh, I didn't know Christian's either because I've never seen the Goonies. Um, it, should I watch it? Yeah, it is good, good. Like, yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Do you reckon? Do you reckon it's like um, it held up? up? Yeah. It's definitely one we can do. Well, K Dog, it's your suggestion uh, next. So if you want to do the Goonies, 
uh, people will know because it'll be the next episode. If not, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll let you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but this week we've actually watched a film called Don John, which I suggested. Um, so let's talk about it. Don John is about Don John, uh, a New Jersey guy who's dedicated to his family, friends, church, and develops an unrealistic expectation from women, af- from women after watching uh, porn so much. And it works to find happiness and intimacy and potentially true love. I mean, from that description, I don't really... It kind of sums everything up. I think it's a really good logline. Um, this film was uh, written, directed and stars Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Do you think that's a little bit greedy? He's like, I'm just going to do it all. Like, Yeah. I'm, I, Didn't yeah. he produce it as well? Because it was a hit record yeah. thing. Yeah, he did everything. It's his original uh, film. Um, so I suggested this. So before I tell you why I suggested it, what did you guys think? Okay, dog, you go first. All this first. Have you well, seen it? Have you both seen it all? No, yeah, I watched, the first time. I watched this when it came out and I, I can't really remember too many feelings about it. I did not like it. I just did, didn't really leave a lasting impact on me. So I, I watched it again yesterday and to be honest, I'm a bit torn on this one this week. I don't know if I liked it or not. So I'm interested to see how I feel at the end of this conversation. I didn't really like the characters of either uh, John and Barbara, the the, the woman played by uh, Scarlett Johansson. Um, John's just this meathead idiot. He just washes oh. porn. And there's not really much else to him as far as I'm concerned. Um, and the looks kind of... And there's a little bit of a growth in his character at the end, but I just didn't believe it. And I think that's a big... A big reason I didn't like this film, the kind of final third, the third arc of the film is just uh, not very really uh, believable for me. Um, I like the kind of, you know, for a directorial debut, it was quite interesting. It's very confident. I like the style about it. I like the kind of swooshing camera and the colours. Um, but the story was kind of blur. Okay. We're going to get into the story in a bit. I've got like all of the beats for the story, which we can break down. Uh, Rich, what did you think? My opinion's quite similar. Um... I don't know what to think of this film and I'm glad we're going to talk about it today because I'm hoping that by the end of it I'll actually have like a a, a real opinion on it. Like uh, mm. K-Dog says, like I really like, uh, I like the sets, the, all the sets and the costumes, really good. I loved the cinematography, the lighting and all the scenes, uh, the art direction. I thought the direction of the whole movie as a whole is well edited um, in terms of like the plot structure and the way that they repeat certain things that he does, like his rituals, you know, like going to church and the fact that the, the Hail Marys and the amount of Hail Marys gives us like a an element of how well he's progressing and things like that. Um, but I'm the same as K-Dog. I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, probably shouldn't have played this character because he's, he's <laughs> because he's wrote and directed and starred and produced. It feels like he's made this film so he can... So he can dry hump Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> like he's like, right, I'm gonna make this film. I'm gonna pour loads of money into it. I'm, uh, uh, oh, by the way, I'm playing this guy who's like pure sexy as hell, and like he's pure massive, and like he's he's class. Whereas, like, I feel like Joseph Gordon, Joseph Gordon, I'm just gonna call him Joey. I feel like Joey, Joey plays well towards different styles of characters. Like, if if this was like a, like a guy with an actual like bigger frame or taller. I would be 
a bit more believable, but the fact that you're supposed to believe that this guy is 10 out of 10 ultimate mega Jersey, Jersey Shore stud, whereas really it's it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt pretending yeah. to be that. And <laughs> the first sort of 10 minutes, like it, it threw us off because like he turns up and he's just wearing a vest and he's got his arms out. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. If anyone's seen that, the character Mac, who plays like this guy who thinks he's massive, never wears <laughs> shirts with sleeves. So it just, it reminded me of that the whole time. Uh, about 20 minutes in, I sort of calmed down uh, and sunk into it. And I, I did enjoy it after that. Um, but I, I think when K-Dog says like he doesn't like the characters, I'm not sure whether you're supposed to like them. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's <laughs> that was more than 30 well, seconds. No, I mean the reason one of the reasons I wanted to pick this is because I think um it's such a different role from Joseph Gordon Levitt because like when I think of him I, I think of uh, like Third Rock from the Sun and that's like a super early Joseph Gordon Levitt uh, uh like uh, TV show he was in but then the next one I think of is like 500 Days of Summer and like he's a co- it's he's a complete opposite guy um to this guy he actually plays a guy called tom in this and he's called john in this and he, he says it there is com- comparisons between the two characters they're actually quite similar in, in the fact but the reason i picked it is because i when i first watched it i was like i w- wouldn't expect him to play this role and that's what i liked about it i was like cool yeah he's doing yeah. something something completely different well i think he got to that point in his career 500 days of summer was like such a huge success and he did a bunch of other stuff after that uh, and he probably got a lot of offers for, for roles and jobs and, and scripts and things like that and it's interesting that this was the this was just, i remember at the time thing and this is a weird choice for someone like him to choose this porn obsessed um kind of well, guy I don't think it's a weird choice. I think it's actually quite a clever one because then he doesn't get typecast as he's just this lovable like character and he's not in this. And then he, he's allowed to then be a little bit free and people can see that, you know, he can do multiple things. And he's a very good actor. Thought, is that, normally when you get the opportunity to kind of write and direct and produce your own, you know, your first feature debut, um, you kind of pick something that you've been wanting to make for, for years, right? A bit of a passion project. And is this is this really the story you want to tell? Is this the first story you want to tell? Um, I don't I know. I think this is a quality um, story. I think in terms yeah. of writing, this is a quality film. Uh, I I think that the, he cast, he shouldn't have cast himself because I don't think that he can... I don't think he can... The, the appearance. Like, like watching it, like, yeah. like he's... He's perceiving himself in the character different than a third party director would perceive him. And I think it loses a lot, like him as a character loses a bit of his humility and humanity. Uh, that another director would say, let's try and give you a little bit of upset. Uh, but, you know, he's this like, I can talk to any girl and I can sleep with them. <laughs> he has me dudes like we're going to the club. And it, I don't know, it's. I understand, like, he well, wanted to portray, like, massive amounts of toxic masculinity, and he does that really well. Um, but, <laughs> I don't know, for me, I, I still just see uh, JJL go- in the role <laughs> in, in a vest yeah. that's too small for him. <laughs> yeah, it is It is way too small for him. Um, I'm going to put a fact up top about it. He had to just eat, like, loads of chicken for this role. He says he just, uh, for months, he just, he just ate pounds and pounds of chicken. 
and lifted weights, and he was like, "It's just not healthy." He does have an impressive rig. Yeah, he looked good, yeah. like didn't he? Yeah. yeah, he committed to it. Um, like there's a I watched an interview with him and Scarlett Johansson. She said she went for a table read, and he was just sitting there eating a full chicken every <laughs> single time. He's just eating chicken. You would have to, because like it says, he's not the biggest of guys anyway. But he's because he's to, he's to pack he's quite it on. Small, you would have to, yeah. yeah. Yeah, to think it. Um, let's um, all right. Let's move into like the story um, and the character development. So, like yeah, we did the in the last. Out? Yeah. So, just like last podcast, um, we we talked about a book called Save the Cat, which is a book by Blake Snyder. And in the book, he he, he has different plot structure points that you can like write to, um, but then you can also use those and follow along um, the films that you watch. And to be honest, Don John is pretty much exact to the beat sheet in terms of, because each beat happens on a certain page. This is what Blake Snyder says. So for example, the midpoint should happen on page 55 and um, per every page is roughly about a minute of screen time. And the midpoint happens on 55. The break into two happens on 25. So he's pretty much followed this exactly. So um, go through the bits then. So what's the, what's the first thing? The opening image? Yeah, so the opening image, which is just, I've just got sexy images. That's yeah. pretty much what it is. It just sets the tone straight away and it shows everything. It actually starts off with a cartoon, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. A, a little clip, clip of a cartoon. Um, but... This probably sets the tone straight away. You know, the way that this film, the intro reminded me of, it got that kind of repetition and montage and that is this voiceover uh, narration, isn't it? It reminded me of American Psycho, kind of that intro- introduction to the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and in terms of like, oh, it's, is that the way the story's going to go? Like this, this guy that's so obsessed with himself that it's a kind of detriment to the rest of the rest of the world. Like he's so egotistical. Um, that that's gonna yeah eventually have an impact on this yeah. this guy. Um, it doesn't you know it doesn't exactly go down the American Psycho route, but there is some parallels there. Yeah, I mean these opening images we see them throughout the film as well, like through the entire entire film, even the last sequence in the film, which I can jump to straight away like it did last time. So the final image is John and Esther, I think it is uh, together, and those are cut quite quickly together, not as quick. So that kind of shows a little bit of a comparison between the start and the end. Um, so the next beat is the theme started. So this is all about what in the first five pages, what this film is, the style of the film is going to be like. And what I've just wrote down is like the sequence of his routine, which is one thing that you touched on uh, just earlier. There is like the editing of his routine. You know, he loves his apartment, he loves his his family, he loves his church, and he also loves his porn. And it's something that we constantly come back to in the film, structured around that opening sequence of the theme song. And I like, I do like the repetition. They're very, they're quite vivid and interesting. And sometimes in films, when they do do those kind of shots over and over again to establish a pattern in their character, they get kind of a, a bit dull and kind of drill, uh, droning and not, yeah, not very interesting. Whereas these, they, mm-hmm. they, although they use them all the time throughout the film, they are, they are quite fun to watch. Like they, they don't get, they don't get boring. Yeah. As long as yeah, you put that's... something different in every time. Yeah, uh, it means that you get these little dopamine hits because it's like, oh, that's I've seen that before, but it's a little bit different, and I understand straight away that this difference means this in the film. Like before, we see him walking along the corridor, and for the first time, I was like, well, that's a boring shot. But then it's like, oh, well, we see him do it again, and it's exactly the same. And I'm thinking, okay, so something's going to happen. 
then mm -hmm. Scarlett Johansson joins him the next time. And then right at the end, we we get a nice smack of dopamine because it's like he walks along and then he goes and plays basketball instead of yeah. hitting the weights because he feels more empathetic towards other people and needs to start other things and gain better friends, things like that. Mm -hmm. yeah, and yeah, then the, the whole church thing as well, like the fact that you've got the Hail Marys and it's almost like a leveling up system. The fact mm -hmm. that it's just, it's literally binary. It's like numbers. And he gets That's really true. annoyed. That's like, how did you calculate this? And he's That's thinking true. it's in numbers. That's totally true. That, what you just said in terms of, it's the first time that he questions that those Hail Marys, right? That's the first time he's like, um, he's making a change to his pattern. Feels like it hasn't been calculated correctly. Mm. Like when he gets, yeah. you know, he usually gets 10 Hail Marys or whatever it is. And then when he gets 20, he understands that he's not doing well. But then when he starts to change things and he feels like he's doing it for the better and he gets 10 again. And for the first time, he's like, that, that's not right. I'm, I'm doing something much better here. Uh, shows that he's trying to grow as a person. Yeah, that's it's I a mean, good it's a good um visualization or like um it's a good scene to show that development. Yeah, yeah, that um that hail mary thing for this podcast we're actually going to do uh, Main Streets by Martin Scorsese, but I watched it before I used to, and I was like, this is really boring. Let's not talk about it. Let's do Don John <laughs> instead. And in the opening sequence of that film, he there's uh he questions the hail marys he gets the main character Harvey Harvey Cartel's character. So it's probably it, maybe it's taken from Main Streets. Speaking um, about Scorsese, um. Now that you've mentioned it in terms of the editing, we're swapping between the categories here. Yeah, it's really mm -hmm. mad, is it? Um, there's a lot of the Wolf of Wall Street in this. So, you know, like the repetition mm -hmm. and, the, and the smash cuts and yeah. the way that the editing and the sound design work well together. So, you know, like the, the, the quick montage stuff when he's in the, in the nightclub and when he locks eyes with, a, with a, a sexy lass, it's like the music like dips down and it like EQs out and everything. And yeah. all of that stuff works really well together and it keeps the pace up. Both of those films came out the same year. Yeah, they would have been made at the same same time. Yeah, two thousand thirteen. It was so. It's impressive that he had no way of copying that film then. <laughs> yeah, it was. I think I think with like the theme started where we see this sequence of events, it shows you how obsessive he is, and I think it really sets it like shows so much personality, and they constantly comes back to. This. He's got like OCD, so, hasn't he? Really? Yeah, yeah, he has. Um, but I think the type of character suits that type of personality as well because obviously he's obsessive about claiming his flat he's obsessive about his body <laughs> you know, my you know. favorite sorry i'm jumping ahead but my favorite no, scene no, is when they're in when they're shopping and he's just buzzing about cleaning his floors he's like no no you have to do this no you're not doing that that's so embarrassing and i'm like yeah the fact that he didn't give a shit what he thought and the fact that he loves like loves that he's really proud of his appearance in his flat i think that shows so much of his character and it really made yeah. me like him actually that scene that conversation yeah. i mean Rob, did uh, you he's... mark that down as the false victory sorry or like that that moment there. Did you mark that down uh, in one of the beats? Because that was about halfway through. Was that yeah. the, the false victory? Um, I've got it written down somewhere. Um, I will find it. Uh, we'll we'll move on to the next one, and then we'll 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 get to that. Um, right. so then we've got the setup, which is between uh, minute one and ten, and basically. Within 10 minutes, we've met everyone and been in every location we're pretty much going to see. Obviously, that helps with like the smash cuts and the short scenes and the sequences. We get to see everything. We've even met Barbara in the first 10 minutes. All yeah, right. Like, we, it's, I think it's literally on minute nine. And then, so we've seen who he is, 
what he's about and now he's called to action which happens around 12 it's like he's met this woman that he needs to get with and i think that's his call to action because he realized that he has to change just a little bit to like get with this woman that he's just met um so you know when his mate comes over um and they find her on facebook and he's he, he, i think there's the sequence he's like you got to take her out for dinner maybe it's lunch you might even have to buy a coffee and it's like <laughs> he doesn't normally do that he doesn't do anything like that and so he's he's kind of has to like change his wear a little bit and his call to action is barbara like that's all i could really find it's like he finds he sees this woman and he doesn't get with her he fails that's, that's his mission isn't it is to yeah is to snatch the 10 the dime as they call it and the dime like, yeah i'm gonna have it's to work line. harder this time <laughs> yeah um i love the dime that's like because obviously we don't we've got 10 pence here like it doesn't it doesn't really sound as good does it um but a dime it sounds it sounds so much better so in england it just it just doesn't work like she's a um, quid yeah um the next the next beat is the debate so this is between minute 12 and 25 so this is where he finds her the date uh you know, he changes even more for her. He goes to the cinema and sees like a chick flip, which is really funny if you look at the cinema. There's two, there's two posters on the wall, and obviously we see the one with uh, what's he Shining called? Tatum. And yeah, and, and Hathaway. yeah, which is quite funny. We should just do um, a podcast about fake films fake in films, films. Yeah. yeah, which because there's there's so many of them. Um, so and obviously she at this point she uh, she asks him to she wants to meet his friends she wants to meet his parents but she also wants him to go to night school which like perfectly sets up our B story it does um, and our break into two which is next which happens on minute twenty five and it should happen on page twenty five according to the B sheet that we're working from it's like it's his one month anniversary and break into two is when we like break into the new world and this is where we see him. Barbara and his friends together. This is his new life now. This is break. This is break into two. We, we he has established they are a relationship in a relationship. Um, Let's talk a little I, bit uh, about the night school thing. Did uh, you feel like that came across a bit, a bit quickly? It was just thrown in. Like we we need him to have to go to a class because he needs to meet uh, Julianne Moore's character. So yeah. it's like, all right, how do we get him there? And she, she just sort of goes, you should go back to school, go yeah. do a night class. Uh, and then we see him at the night class. Maybe we could have got a, a, a scene or, or something where she was a little bit embarrassed that she goes to the bar that he's tending or something. Because like she yeah. wants him to be like a better, more sophisticated like professional rather than, than a bartender. So why yeah, don't we, we do- get to see any of that? Or, or really- is she holding that back? Or is the is the writer holding that back? So when she does get embarrassed about him get buying a mop, it like it has impact. Because well, I think I think the mop thing might is separate. Like I was after watching this again, I was like, we don't actually see what he does. We just hear what he does, um, which is a bit strange. Like you're right, we should have had a scene where she's embarrassed and uh, she 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 goes, oh, you need to do more, you know. If maybe it's the scene that you see later on, where she's just like where they're in the diner and she's she's wearing like a suit and um he's taking time off work and he's had his shift covered. Maybe that scene should have been sooner and see her that she's successful and see what she wants instead of like later on in the film. 
Because you're right, like, you don't really know what he does. Yeah, well, you get a, a small scene right at the beginning where he's a bartender. You never get to see it again. But do you think yeah. they were they were holding her being a cruel girlfriend back so that when it does Possibly. happen, it's like it has more impact? Because if you maybe if you got a hint that early that she was being a bit of a dick girlfriend, then it wouldn't have been as intense when she like says, "No, stop cleaning." Yeah, I mean that's that's like built up and built up. There's there's like she chips away at him. I think which is really good about uh, her it character. Might, it might be. Um, for because from Don John from John's perspective, she was this perfect girl, right? She like there's there was absolutely nothing wrong with her for the first few months of their relationship. None that he could see anyway. You know how he kind of just blind in, in them stages, and then so maybe we were just having like his perspective. Okay. Like, yeah, like he he wasn't holding back or he wasn't so uh, the fact conflict, that so he was just like yeah i'll go with it the fact that he saw her as this most beautiful woman she's ever saw 10 out of 10 no no flaws then we as an audience also had to see her like that until he started to have doubts as well about oh she's yeah. asked me to change a lot here actually right, it's not yeah. as perfect as i thought yeah like in in the real conversation she might have said more about the night school but it's more like what he took in or remembered and it was just like and she wants us to go to night school and that was it like that's but all. I that, I, I do agree. It was it was completely a plot point as well. Like they they did needed him oh, needed yeah. him to do that. So yeah. yeah. Um. Well, let's go on to the night school. So that's the B story, which perfectly fits in. It's a perfect B story because the the B story should help the A story like progress. And I think um Julianne Moore, what you called in this? What's her character name? Um, come on, what she's called? She Esther? helps Esther. Uh, she helps John like grow up a little like and well probably grow up a, a quite a bit uh in terms of like who he is and what he actually wants from the world um so i think like like you're right he, they had to get him to school at some point and did you know you know that school he went to it's the uh it's the same campus as community is it? the tv show community yeah so That's cool. uh which is I've got a, a good little bit at the end uh, for us to do. Um, right, so we'll move on to fun and games. So this is the the middle, just, well, just before the midpoint of the story, and this is where so much stuff happens, and with this film, getting on to editing in a bit, but, like, it's very short scenes. It's like, we do this, then this, then this. Um, but in fun and games, like, he falls in love, we see this, but she's controlling him. You know, he's hiding his addiction, but then he gets caught by um, Esther at the campus from watching porn in his home, which is like the worst place you could possibly... There's like 10 rows behind him. People can see that he's on his phone. Um, she meets his parents. His dad is a pervert uh, <laughs> to her. Um, then he's back at school. Uh, and then this is his new world. So he's not going out with his mates anymore, which we established in like the first 10 minutes. Um, he's got a new routine with her. And you can kind of see that he's starting to get a little bit bored at this point. Like, he's not quite as enjoying it. It's not quite the honeymoon. The honeymoon's, like, wearing off. Um, we just see little little bits of that. Um, but then, like, they, they've only been together for, like, say, 40 minutes. And then we get to this midpoint. And uh, she, this is when she finds uh, that he's still watching porn on his phone. And this is, like, halfway through the film. So they haven't really been together that long. 
because you can't really tell how long they have in this uh, in this film, how long they've actually been together. Yeah, um, it can only be a couple of months or something, can't it? Yeah, something like that. Um, so this is when she finds him watching watching porn, and um, with the midpoint, you either have a um, it's like a false defeat, defeat or victory, and this is definitely a false defeat in his eyes because he's like, she's quarters, and I don't have her anymore, and he should be sad now. But really, in hindsight, this was the best thing that ever could have happened. Um, but it's weird that we've got like another half of the film where they're not actually together anymore. Yeah. It's not about their relationship. Um, it's just about him now trying to figure out who he is. Um, so then we've got uh, another beat. We've got uh, Bad Guys Close In, which is from 55 to 75. So it's a kind of chunk of the film. This is where he tries to get back to his normal life before her. So he goes to the club for the first time. And I think a really nice little scene in that, in that is top. like, yeah, in that tank top. <laughs> he goes to walk into the club, but instead of walking straight in, he pauses, kind of looks around the corner and goes, oh man, am I really going to do this again? He obviously decides to do that. And I think that's that was like the first bit of change in the story of like, all right, we're back to his normal life, but it's not normal. He like yeah. pauses before before he gets in. I just thought that was so, like a really nice beat. It was that bit in the film as well where he he punched a punched that window on the car, isn't it? Yeah. So he starts to get really angry. Yeah, uh, and I like I, I quite like that scene as well because, um, you know, we all kind of put on that. Well, not we all, but characters and put on that kind of front of who they're supposed to be. Oh, who they think they're supposed to be in public mm. and it's only in times like when you're in your car by yourself that your real you comes out right and you just start yeah. shouting at, shouting at people and <laughs> you oh, say things. so many people while i'm driving yeah you, <laughs> you say you say and do things that you wouldn't normally do because you're not you know you're not in public and i really like that that he's still trying to kind of put on that public persona he's on his way to church yeah. right and then yeah. He just freaks out and he <laughs> hits he kind of jumps out of the car and smashes that guy's window yeah. uh I like that. In this in this section, it's like the bad guy's closing, but he is turning into the bad guy. Like he's he's gotten in himself in such a mess. He's yeah, uh, he's at a, he's at a crossroads, right? And he needs to pick a. Yeah. Does he want to go back to his old life, or does he want to like you know mm-hmm. pick pick certain changes that he does want to make? Yeah, rather and than I, I think the, everything that Scarlett Johansson wanted him to do. Yeah, I think with this this section as well, it's like it's so simple how the show that he's like down and he's out and he doesn't know what to do because it's we've set so much up at the beginning that this is the complete opposite to that start so like his apartment is now a mess he doesn't clean it up his mate has to come around and like um ask him if he's okay which they wouldn't normally have that conversation you know but what's good about the end of this he actually goes his mate goes are you still going to finish the class and that just once he says that it's like okay let's get the story back on track um, yeah. It was just that one line from from his mate, and that's all we needed to, to have. And to be honest, everything so far, it is fairly straightforward. It's like, okay, yeah, th- then this would happen, then this would happen, but then this would happen. But it all kind of fails the, like within the world. Um, so the next bait is All is Lost, and this is where he kind of deviates from the timing of uh, Save the Cat. Um, so it's about 10, 15 minutes less, this film, than the 110 minutes. Um, so everything speeds up. I think you said this, K-Dog, like this last bit really speeds up and it kind of just resolves itself quite quickly. Um, yeah, it, it really quite abruptly ended, I thought. Uh, mm-hmm. Like when the credits came up, I'm like, oh, 
kind of done now. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It was just it was, so, it was very fast, and I think the I think yeah the downfall was the third act for me. Yeah. But yeah. Go on. Um, go on. It, finish you know, the beats in it, the third. It, yeah. It ha- it happens really quick. So we've got all is lost. So the the bit that I took from this is that he um he gets a re- a, a reality check from Esther. Uh, and this is actually a victory for him. This is like she he ends up sleeping with her, but she all he also finds out a little bit more about her and she questions him like no one's ever questioned him before. Um and then we've got Dark Knight of the Soul, which is like um again he's 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 now he's like, How do I change? How do I really, really change now? Um I need to I need to do something, I need to get back to like uh to who I was or who I want to be next. Um, then we've got break into three, which is like one of the last beats, uh, the second from last beat. And that, but all I've got for that is good vibrations, because I think him in the car when he's singing, um, and then he gets caught by that by the driver next to him. I think that's hilarious. I think like it's 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 probably happened to me before. Uh, I've been singing along in the car and I've stopped and someone's been looking at us and I'm like, oh man. That's the the song that uh, I played at the beginning of this podcast because I think it's class. Um, so in Break Into Three, we're like the last ten minutes of the film, and now he's like he's happy again. He's asking questions about his routine, like Rich you says, like he doesn't go and lift weights anymore. He goes and plays basketball. Um, but then one Brie Larson turns up. Well, she's been in this uh, from like the beginning. It's his sister, and she doesn't say anything to this point. And she tells everyone and him the truth about Barbara, like and what she was like. See, I didn't like. I didn't like that. Yeah, I mean, she just comes out and says everything, and just like, ah, right. And I think I, that's where this falls down, and where you were seeing earlier is like it just. I happens. think it's such a cliche where that you've got that character that's just the best friend or the sidekick or like the kind of the one that's relatively silent throughout the whole film, and then at the end they have this big profound moment where they speak the truth that no one else could. Um, I just, it's. I think it's just a cliche. Because you could take her out of the film for every moment until she needs to speak, and it would be exactly the same. Exactly, hundred percent, exactly the same. But there was no you need. Just need to place her in the scene on her phone, so then you can use her as a plot device later on to reveal everything. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. When you when you put it like that, it makes a lot of sense. What even if you took her, even if, even if you took her out that scene, that kind of profound moment of oh she's a she's a bitch anyway, it's still <laughs> it hasn't added that much of the film. If you really need someone to say that line, you could have you could have got someone else to say it. I don't know, I don't know who. But mm-hmm. what do you think about Julianne Moore's character then? Do you think she's a bit half baked as well? Then I really I really liked her performance. I like I quite like the character. Um, I just didn't. I just didn't buy the relationship between them to the two like that he needed a relationship that redeems him starts to question his uh, question himself but I just didn't buy that she he would be interested in her and she would be interested in him like yeah. he's just a he's a born head and she seems quite worldly right she's a bit older she's kind of seen more of the world done more why would she be interested in him there's there's not like a moment in the film where they kind of connect there's a little bit of spark there um there's, I don't understand why she pursues him so um, aggressively. So we need to see more chemistry between those two characters. It seems like they're just getting each other's way. Is she another like character where she needed to be there for the film to progress. Like he needed a, a B story. Yeah, it seems like a run like alongside. A, like a quick answer to the third act. Have another. Have another. Have an older woman. 
that question in. I was thinking about like I was thinking about that because it's such a it's tr- not strange choice, but a, a not not one that would first come to mind of like choosing a, an older actress, a, an older woman to put, like for him who he falls in love with. And then I was thinking, well, what happens if he falls in love with like someone like the girl in in summer in Five Hundred Days of Summer, who's like she's a bit of a bitch in there in that film anyway, but like someone who's sweet, someone <laughs> who's completely bitch, opposite, yeah, yeah, so, yeah uh, <laughs> someone who's completely opposite to Barbara, who's like really sweet, and I was like. I don't think that would work either. I think no, that would be too. No, we've seen that a million times. Yeah, exactly. We so don't need that's that. why. Like, I... Oh, she's been she's been there this yeah. whole time. You just didn't see her because she had glasses on and her hair was up. <laughs> yeah, that's ten that, things I, I hear about you, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, so that that's why I kind of liked um, Julianne Moore being in this because it's I think it's a little bit unexpected. Um, in his monologue at the end, you you kind of he goes, "We know we're not going to be together for ages and fall in love." Because she can't, and obviously we find out about her family, her, her father, um, her husband, and her son. And to be honest, they're both just lost. Like they don't. But I think I don't. I didn't buy the idea that they balanced each other out. Like they both had issues in their life, and they kind of filled each other's holes. Not not in a literal way. Like. Um, <laughs> I was. You know what? We're we've, we've been recording this for. Uh, 38 minutes and that's and, and we I haven't had that, a, an innuendo yet <laughs> no because th- there's some pretty racy stuff in this film there is but uh, I just didn't she's <laughs> she's went through a hell of a lot more than John has right she's lost her husband and her son or daughter or whatever it was and she's just seems like she's manically depressed she's just crying um, out of nowhere all the time all he's got is just addicted to porn. He's had a breakup. Like that's not this. That's not the equivalent. When you mentioned that, right? You know what they needed to do. He he shouldn't have walked past her when she was crying the first time. Yeah, like he should have said, "Are you all right?" And that would like, have been that moment where there's a bit of spark, right? There's a bit of like, "All right, I can see there's a bit of chemistry there." And it puts a bit more empathy on his side, whereas really. He was a knobhead walking past and not saying anything. Like, and yeah, so I so just mean. didn't, I didn't understand why after that Julianne Moore was like, oh, I quite like him, that guy that uh, ignored uh, me when I was what crying. I'm going to do, I'm going to give him a porn video. <laughs> you know that, that, that little like, porn oh, DVD I've had in my day. This film's about porn. It's like, oh, I'll give him a, I'll give him a bit of blue from the 70s. That shows that I'm older than him because it's from the 70s and it's better yeah. than, it's better than what you kids are looking at now. <laughs> <laughs> they might as well have given her a walking stick, man. Like, oh, this is clearly yeah. old. We can see she's crippled. <laughs> yeah. Um, she should have given well, him a. Should, you know what she should have given him? A mop. <laughs> you would love that, like. Yeah. <laughs> like an old school mop and buggy. They clean together. They shouldn't have had sex at the end. They should have cleaned together. That was their, that was their mutual love. They would come together. We'll find out that Julianne Moore is actually. Scarlett Johansson's cleaner the whole time and it's like oh. so he goes to her house they move in together and then he sees he sees her mopping and he's like that's the real woman for me uh, yeah <laughs> yeah I mean the other the other way this could have went is like uh, Julianne Moore was actually Scarlett Johansson's mother and but we've seen that story I was probably... waiting for that to happen yeah yeah uh, that would have um, been like really telegraphed if it did happen yeah I uh, 
I mean, uh, the final image of these beats is that uh, we'll just see them together, but I completely agree. We should have seen them cleaning together. (laughs) And then like a little dance sequence at the end or something. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Well, I was was listening to um, an interview with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Such a mouthful to say that. JGL. Um, JGM. The Jawmeister. Yeah, JGL. the Joe Meister. And one of the reasons he wanted to make this film was it's because, you know, it's it's the unrealistic expectations of, like, um, what men feel about women because of, like, porn and things. And he says from where he comes from, from being, like, a child actor, he says he's always had to, like, look a certain way and put a, put a show on. He says it's nothing compared to what women have to do and how they're perceived. And he wanted to go to, like, some extremes. And like we were saying earlier, you wouldn't expect him to be in a film like this because of the roles he's played before. Because, like we said, and we haven't talked about it, it's there's some really like racy stuff. Like there's just porn all of the time. Yeah, the um, one thing that this film does absolutely perfectly is the fact that it doesn't pull punches. Like this, no. this film is borderline pornography. Like mm-hmm. if if they if they wore slightly less clothes, the scene where he's dry humping her, and they're like moaning each other's ears, like. I'm so happy I wore this with headphones on because, like, I would not have wanted to put this on the speaker system. Like, holy shit! Yeah, and <laughs> well, I think I, th- I think it shows like a really good side of a, an addiction as well because that's what he's he, he's addicted. He's got an addiction to porn, and I think it shows like um, instead of like if we if if it was drugs he was addicted to or drinking, we would just see loads of sequences of that, which we've seen a million times. But this is like an addiction which people are addicted to this. Uh, yeah, I suppose it's it's good that there's a lot of stats and numbers about how many people are addicted to porn, particularly men, right? And I, I suppose what this film does is highlights the the difference between porn sex and and sex and reality, right? Like it's not the same as a disconnect. And I suppose that is not really a conversation that's had in a lot of mainstream films. In terms uh, of the it's, plot line, they could have went the easier route as well and made it that because he can't get women he gets addicted to porn and it's like that's a substitute for it but it's not in this like they've completely separated that out he can get as many women as he wants he's still addicted to porn which yeah, i think is like I... the they the didn't go the easy route to write this film it's yeah. like we need to show both at the same time because otherwise yeah, he... it's just a guy lonely in his bedroom having a wank like three times a day yeah like three oh, 11. jesus it's <laughs> <laughs> so more um, than that 11 yeah uh yeah like must he could have just been a loser be... Eleven times. No, it's not but, eleven times a day. It's eleven times is his record. I remember yeah, kids. It's, I remember kids. It's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not get into this. Uh, <laughs> it's been what he's I, been doing during the lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've spoken a little bit about this, but uh. So talk about the the de- direction and execution since he's now, done. I, want, I wanted to say something actually you touched upon, not about the porn or anything, but touched about upon. about the thing. <laughs> oh, it's all gone now, and we were doing so well. I was going to talk about the theme you mentioned about unrealistic expectations, and I do mm. think I think that is my favorite theme in the film because both of the main characters do have them, like. Um, uh, Joy Boy on the realistic expectations about how women should act uh, when they're having sex the or bedroom. like in a re- in a relationship in a bedroom. Um, those are kind of skewed. And Scarlett Johansson's characters um, 
has unreal ex- expectations because she's about about the types of films she watches right she watches all these kind of rom-coms um like the notebook and things like that and she expects that she thinks that's how the every relation that's how every relationship should every relationship should be and she's just as wrong as joy boy because um but sh- she thinks she can justify that better because it's not porn and I love the line where it's like, you know, those are real films and they give awards to them. He's like, oh, they give awards to porn as well. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good line. I mean, if you think about like 500 Days of Summer, this is ex- the the exact same uh, uh, films because Tom in that film, has he has unrealistic t- expectations of a relationship. Yeah, and he this gets them just... from very similar things, right? He he says at the beginning, yeah. I haven't seen that film in a long time, but if I remember correctly, he says he's got those unrealistic expectations because he was brought up on films like that and music where like all yeah. you talked about is how having this perfect relationship when everyone drives off into the sunset and everyone's singing, you know, surrounded by birds and things like that. And that's just as harmful for, for people um, to have those expectations, you know, in the real world because it's just, mm-hmm. that's just not how it is. Yeah. So they're very similar films, just one. This one's very extreme, I think. Yeah. What I what I what I did think about this film it is just if you remove the porn, which obviously makes it it's it makes it you know slightly a unique film. If you remove all that, it is just a rom com. It's got the same beats as every any other rom com film. You know, he meets a girl, they have an argument. There's another um, girl there, and there's another girl there all along. Oh, and then they get together, and it's all fine. It's like it, it, all the beats are exactly the same, except they're just a bit more raunchy in this one. So kind of like yeah, what we a... watched last week. Uh, what did we watch last weekend? Super bad. <laughs> Super bad. Yeah. So in terms of storylines, the storyline of this film is has been told a million times, but it's been you is know, it been spin? Fresh, yeah, fresh coat of paint. It's it's a little bit different, and it's different enough to make it so the plot points are quite unique as well yeah, yeah. i mean i think this the structure in terms of the editing helps with this as well it's like i said saying earlier with the the fast cuts um loads of scenes and like you, you see the progression of it and it's it's entertaining instead of just like okay he's this beat he's that bit this this film's definitely like packaged up very different like it is just a rom-com but it's just packaged up like with that racy racy stuff um right so direction you said earlier like you don't think he should have directed it did you just think there's a disconnect no actually i him? i really like the direction is amazing i think it's really lots i love i love the style very confident um mm-hmm. he knew exactly what he wanted and i think he, he seemed to pull it off and um, he probably i would say if he had to take a step back in one of the roles i would agree it'd be the, the, the casting casting yeah, yeah. but yeah, i think I everything think else i think was really solid better than his his own performance so I think his his performance would have probably worked more realistically if someone else directed him. Uh, but I think you've got 10% is his acting and 90% is his direction. And I think his direction pulls off a lot more than his acting. I, re- I really like the tones, uh, like the tone of the film. You know, it's very, quite serious themes in this, but it's mixed with quite lighthearted and funny moments as well, which is... Um, it's the same with like his film, you know, I think he did this around about the same time, the film he did uh, 50-50 with Seth Rogen. I can't remember what yep. the date that came out, but I think it was around about this time. Um, Bloody hell. Oh, sorry. Uh, was that? 2011. Okay. Uh, 50, but that's 50. very, very similar in terms of, you know, serious tone mixed with some lighthearted scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, right, what we've got next? Um, uh, cinematography, Richard, you 
uh, touched on this a little bit, but like I, th- I think it looks good. I think the it's consistent. You know, everything from like the nightclub stuff and how that's designed to like his apartment. Uh, I kind of like. There's a lot of center framing in this this film, which I, I quite like because it's focusing on him and it constantly goes back to that. So whether he's on his laptop, sometimes it's Scarlett Johansson, which is center framed, and sometimes it looks a little bit like. Uh, it's the we've got the real world, but then we've also got certain shots where it looks like hyper realistic, like more fantasy ethereal. world. Yeah, yeah, which I, which I really like about it. Um, it's a good looking it, film, really. Yeah. Like, isn't it? Like the 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 cinematography and the art direction go hand in hand in this film. Like his apartment, it speaks who he is straight away. Everything's everything's grey and brown and very sort of. Straight white male, as you straight white male in yeah, his yeah. in his early thirties, like that's the type of guy he is. There's no sort of uh, femininity to it. There's no flowers or anything, and it retains that way even when they get in a relationship. It's weird because, like, <laughs> watching it, I was like, "Oh man, it's a good looking bed." That oh, I like the fact that his desk's behind his bed. And then I'm like, <laughs> "Should I should I like the, the the how he's decorating this? Is this is this <laughs> showing something of myself that I shouldn't be doing?" Uh, yeah. But yeah, that and then the lighting as well. Like, um, even with some of the sex scenes, like you've got like a spotlight on them, but they've done it in a way that it looks quite natural. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just a cool looking film, and you you can tell when a film like looks really good, and they've they've got really like painterly with with the light that they use in a scene when you can like screenshot it and use it as a background, and you can definitely do that with a lot of scenes in this film. Yeah, which which is really weird seeing something like that about like it's a rom com. And it looks this good. Yeah, it's strange how like how cinematic he wanted to make this film. Was it mm. was it shot on film as well? Let's have a yeah, it was. Specs. Yeah, it was. I seen I some behind the scene. You go. I seen some behind the scenes uh, photographs and uh, you could. There's a little bit of the making of it on uh, on YouTube, and it's yeah, it's all shot on film. A lot of like big, soft panels which are like diffused and uh which you can really tell because normally like a rom-com it's all pretty much evenly lit from yeah, the background like to the on foreground. all sides yeah yeah but this is like it's got the contrasts um it's got the ratios between on the face um and everything just it's sometimes it like it says it looks it does look like a rom-com as well i think when they go to the cinema and you know it's like in rom coms, well, if you don't go to a cinema in a rom com, is it really a rom com? Like <laughs> it's, but with this, it's still got that like Hollywood esque uh, look to it. When you talk about that, especially when they go to the cinema and the music plays, and it's like the old nineteen fifties cinematic classical music, it's very yeah. much reminiscent of uh, like look, the way they did La La Land. So it's very yeah. sort of theater esque, over the top colors. And it's like he's in a dream world because he's in this honeymoon stage. He's completely in love, and like now we're sort of swooping around. Um, I think the fact that he decided to shoot on film, uh, and he shot anamorphic as well. Like he was very yeah. much like, I don't just want this to look like, uh, like a standard uh comedy or a standard rom com. Like this needs to have a bit of grit to it. And mm-hmm. yeah, you can definitely tell that with the lighting. Like a lot of the times, there's not a lot of light on their face. It's mostly like edge lit or like you say, like soft on one side, but at least it keeps the shadows. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think all of that probably helps as well that like he wrote it, directed it and produced it. So he got to make all of the decisions and you can clearly tell that he, he got what he wanted 
uh, he had a really good vision for all of this throughout the entire yeah department. and a, it's a really good executed vision as well like you can really feel that he had an idea of what he had in his head and he's literally put it on the screen whereas yeah, like obviously sometimes is... you wouldn't get that but the fact that he's wrote it directed it, he stars in it he's produced it and he still managed to execute it that well yeah. is testament to his ability and I mean, his talent I've, ju- I've just actually had a look at the um so it had a budget of three million which isn't a lot you know you've got scarlett johansson in this <laughs> um you know she's a big actress uh but it so it had a budget of three million and it made nearly 40 million which is pretty good <laughs> it did do you think uh, that's because uh it was it 2013 this film came out do you think at the time yes because the they just needed like a racy, sexy movie to come out, and there hadn't really no, been I any think, around twenty thirteen. I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt was like the boy at the time. Like this is the peak yeah. of his career, and Scarlett Johansson obviously. Uh, she so put she was like she was on a poster the, and then put porn. It's about porn. <laughs> yeah, at this time as well, this was Scarlett Johansson wasn't as mainstream as she was today. She had like a bit of a cult, um, that kind of culty status. I think. Yeah. Like v- virgin, virgin on the kind of Avengers fame, but not so much then, not so much well, then. Th- uh, this year, she she had uh, it was Don John, and then it was Under the Skin, which is another indie film. Uh, which that was is like a, a weird, interesting. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, and then she was also the the voice of in her that came out this year oh, as well. Oh, right. Busy year. Uh, I think yeah, she. This was probably the height of her fame as well. Yeah, I mean. So 2012, she was in uh, Avengers was in Assemble, Avengers, which was yeah. like the biggest, one of the biggest films of all time. Um, so I think, uh, I think did you yeah, know that in, in Avengers, um, <laughs> hmm? the you know the aliens in Avengers? Did you know that they couldn't actually cast the aliens? Because <laughs> uh, in the same way that you know the children can only be on set for so many hours, the aliens kept trying to attack the humans. Um, so they oh, had to right. they had to CGI a lot of the aliens. Um, for that film, so that's where a lot you of the should, budget went. You should have saved that for next time. That next fact, <laughs> sure, next fact up. Um, right, we're moving on to special slash visual effects, but I don't think I noticed any apart from some screen replacement stuff. Yeah, that was about it. not really a lot. Is no, there? didn't no, notice anything at all. Um, editing, which we've spoke about quite a bit, I really like the editing. I think the pace of this film was quite quick. Like it says, I think the the final act probably goes a little bit too quick, but I think that's down to the story, not necessarily. Good. I'm a, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of ninety minute films, so this was good. Tick the box. Yeah, uh, the editing it, and the sound design went well together. It's probably probably the thing I like the most about this film was the editing. It's definitely something that I could, um, if I watch it again and make notes, you could definitely like go frame by frame and and look at the way they did it. I love the way that yeah. it we we get like his whole routine at the gym and everything, and then we see that in the gym as he's doing his reps, that's when he's doing his hail marys. Yeah, uh, all um, of that stuff. Like it was, it was definitely like it wasn't just we need to shoot this film and then we're going to piece it together to tell the story. It was like they were they were very much thinking about how it was going to be edited before they shot mm-hmm. it. So, like you say, the end of the scene when his mate comes over and, and is honest with him and says, are you going to continue with with the Unite class? And then it cuts the next scene yeah. and the professor's saying, we've got three weeks until your final exam. Like You can clearly oh, see that their transitions were, were in place, ready for the edit. Yeah, I think I think even like he's, he's 
he's got the story down really, really tight. Um, I think just because he put he needed to for budgetary reasons as well. But it's just like that's all you need. You can have a hard cut like that, and the audience knows uh, all the story in between. Like that's all we need to know. Um, I think one one thing about the editing and sound design was like he establishes his computer term turning on, which is just the Apple turning on. Uh, but I think that really helps. So when, once he's just taken a girl back, he leaves the bed, we stay on the girl, but then we'll just hear his computer and we know exactly yeah, what he's doing. That's a perfect, that's what, what's it called? Pavlovian, Pavlovian response. So at the beginning, I thought that was they, a cake. Sorry? I thought that was a type of cake. <laughs> Pavlovian response. So at the beginning, we hear that noise and then we see in quite graphic detail what he's watching, right? So we see a good, I can't remember, a good minute or two and he goes, all right, this is his routine. He, he watches stills and he watches, then he watches, you know, the heavier stuff. And then, oh, you're you know, thinking the, of a strawberry pavlova. Oh, right. Yeah. Which is a I cream-based am. fruit pie. Yeah. I'm definitely thinking about that now. And <laughs> then the next time we hear that, we need we hear that startup sound. We see less of what he's doing, and to the and then it gets to a point where all we hear is the sound, and we know exactly what he's doing. We we don't need to see anymore. Mm-hmm. Which is it's just a cool sound design trick. Like you, why not just stay with the stay on what we're doing? Otherwise, it's just a repetitive shot. Like just use the repetitive sound, uh, and it's like it's a sound. It's just more fun, can. isn't it? It's, yeah, it's a little bit a bit, a bit of trickery, and it's a little bit of fun during the editing rather than just mm-hmm. cutting into the scenes you've got yeah. a bit of play with it and well, you I can think... definitely tell that the editing wasn't a an afterthought it wasn't we've got footage and now we need to do something with it yeah I th- but I, I think that all comes down from like him producing and directing like it's just clearly it's so much his vision it it seems like it's exactly what he had on the pages that he wanted to tell, which I really like. I quite, I, I quite like that about the entire project of this, the entire production. It's just like you can clearly, it's just his it's vision. It's no really else's. consistent, isn't it? Yeah. We watched some other I mean, films on this, and there's a there's a bit of leeway with it, but this one, like you can definitely tell, like it was totally focused, well executed. Yeah, it really was. Um, right soundtrack. So, uh, good vibrations is probably the best song and scene in this entire thing. But I can't really was, remember. Was there a lot of music in this? I know uh, obviously there was, there was like nightclub music and stuff. I think there was. Uh, there wasn't. There, that was the only real song that I could remember. But there was like um, like music tracks or when you're in the nightclub. But then you've also got like the romantic kind of uh, when they're watching the movies. Uh, the, the, yeah, the musical yeah, scores and, the, and stuff. Yeah. The musical scores, which really help change the tone i think through through this in just like small sections um but nothing too memorable apart from when he's driving in his car and i think that's just a cool scene that he thought of and went i'm going to do that to that song so yeah other than that not really i wouldn't say but again well, that's maybe probably that's down a positive thing then so the fact that the soundtrack just flowed along and you didn't really notice it as much uh now that you said like the 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 Hollywood, super Hollywood theatre, classical music and stuff, uh, totally works. And the fact that it it paints, uh, Scarlett Johansson's character as a as a quid, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like we've got the the rose tinted glasses, just like he has. Like it, it puts it from his perspective. Yeah. Hi. Would you be yeah, able just... to search for the soundtrack and know straight away that's from Don John? Maybe not. But no. that's it's not really a bad thing. Yeah, I'm just actually looking at the soundtrack credits on uh, 
on IMDb and there's quite a lot, like more than usual. So um, there must just be a lot of like, there's like Don John's radio ad. Uh, I think he got a lot of like, you know, because he's, he's got this thing called Hit Record, which he's been doing for years and you can, it's all about collaborating and contributing to projects. I think he used a lot of that. Um, so he got his community to make like, to make some of the pieces that would actually go into this film. Because um, right, cool. he's like, like Hit Record is like, probably is the biggest collaboration like platform on the internet in terms of like you can join any person's project he's constantly asked and asking for like we need some writers for this and we need some sound for this and then you put other people individuals can also do that as well not just him uh so he obviously does a lot of stuff like that so i think he got obviously it's produced by hit record as well so that's his production company uh at the beginning of the film so um Right, so how would you do it differently, Dylan? Obviously, we spoke about a few things, but probably re like if if he's if he's going to direct the film, I th- I think that was detriment to like he was like he was like almost there with that character, but I did see some holes in it. The fact that it was like I'm going to play a cool guy, and it's like well if you if I was going to cast it, he wouldn't be the first person I would choose, and not to say mm-hmm. that it's like he can't play a cool guy. But I felt like he played the wrong type of cool guy. Like, I think you could have, like, a, a cool, suave, like, good-looking dude that, you know, hits the gym and stuff. But I, he, he tried to play a beefcake. And when you're not, like, six foot two and, like, absolutely massive, like a Henry Cavill type, it's it's difficult to play a beefcake when you're only two inches taller than the love <sighs> interest. I yeah. don't know. It's a, it. I know, like, so- you know, actors should be able to act anywhere the one because they're, they're making up the character but in this you kind of need to have a certain type of build and the, so the, would you i was hoping ca- that it would like take the mick out of the fact that uh he's he's this he's trying to portray a certain type of character and it never really happened so maybe cast someone else or so make you- him a little bit different i would prefer him a little bit different than recasting him because i think yeah. he's a great actor i was going to say would you uh cast like a Channon tatum in this is he got well, the right see, size? Again, like if it was shot, if it was Channing Tatum, I, I mean, after Twenty One Jump Street, it would have to have a comedy element to it. Like he would yeah. a little bit of comic relief. Like he believes he's this person, but he's not quite or something like that. Mm. And I think that was that was missing out of it because he's such a fun like JGL is such a funny guy that I don't think he needed to play super serious the whole time. Like he, he has skills in other areas which would have benefited the mm-hmm. of the film. Yeah. K-Dog? I was just thinking about that. I, I don't know if uh, I believe what I'm about to say, but... Yes. <laughs> 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 Maybe less porn. Oh, like, cause okay. I felt really self-conscious watching this. Uh, <laughs> I think that's Like what you said, Rich, before about, about wearing your headphones. It's like, should you be thinking that watching a film? Like, should you, like... I think usually I would say no, you shouldn't. You know, obviously, if you watch it with your parents or something, it'd be a bit difficult. But I think this film is that that whole thing of like I'm just going to throw loads. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw as much porn at the screen as I as I legally can without making it an X-rated movie. Yep. Yep. Would it work without the kind of explicit explicitity? That's not a word, but you know what I mean. Would it work without yeah. that? No. I don't, no, I don't think, think I like, so. Uh, it, it had to go to the extreme because I think if you're showing any form of addiction, you should show extreme of an addiction. That's a good point. You've got to go first person with it, don't you? 
Yeah, if this like says if this was drugs, you would he would gradually upgrade to the point where he's injected heroin into himself. Very true. Like, it would Very stay. true. Yeah, like, so like requiem for a dream would that have worked if we didn't see like the the scars and the the holes in his heroin needle arms and stuff like that. That, that scene that. in requiem for a dream at the end, towards the end, where he injects into like a scab. I think yeah. about that about once a week. Is like, that when it's if... like he's doing that <laughs> and it's intercut with Jennifer Connelly in a pretty much being being raped with a dildo? Oh. Like imagine you wouldn't be thinking about that as much as. But I, I suppose have been because it wouldn't have. Yeah, that's true. As, as, I think I was just. I think I was just watching it, thinking, "Is this gratuitous or not? Like, do we need to see this?" I I just kept questioning, having that it question with myself the whole way through. And we don't need to say it in other movies. I think because of the themes of this film and the plotline, we need to go too far. Like, yeah, well, it's gone too far. I agree, but this is the first time going too far works for the better. Yeah, I think I think as well. We see so much of it at the beginning. Like you could walk out in the in the first ten minutes and go, I I, I cannot watch that because there's so much at the beginning. But throughout the film, it gets less and less and less, um, which I quite like about it because that again shows like his progress and eventually, <clears throat> eventually he doesn't watch it anymore. So I think at the beginning, I would rather be like, like punched in the face straight away this is what this film's about this is the themes this is what we're going to talk about uh it's about unreal expectations that he's got about women okay let's go go with it he's, i think it sets up so well and so quick um we don't need like another te- 10 minutes before this just to like ease ourselves into this it just needs to go cut straight in and then we're there and then we can get on with it but you're right you, you couldn't watch this with certain people because I think you would just get offended. I think if they stayed and watched the entire film, they would probably get it. But that first Im- ten minutes. Imagine is if quite... they didn't put all the all the clips of porn right at the beginning. I think he made this film with the notion that everyone watches porn and everyone's gonna get it. If you didn't have it and you like eased us into it, it would almost be like the filmmakers like, oh well, I'm gonna have to teach these people what porn is. It's like you don't need to do that. We all watch it. Yeah. And yeah, and in the film, he hides that he watches it. So I just think it's for the better. One thing I would yeah. change is the title, not the fact that it's called Don John, although I think that's not as cool as <laughs> he make he thinks it is. Oh, because he gets all the girls. He's the Don. <laughs> it's it's a bit nerdy that like, and they should have played yeah, on is. that, which they didn't. But uh, I'm so sick of the title sequences. Uh, of films where they just put it oh, in the whole screen, they just put it in white writing, and that's Joker. it. I feel like, <laughs> like Joker, yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> you, you think about Joker, and you think about all the things that that film is, and all of the themes, and all of the, all of the, uh, the, the, the plot lines, and and what it's trying to tell, and the morals, and then they just go, we're just gonna put Joker, and it's just gonna be slap bang <laughs> right in the middle of the screen. It's like I a YouTube like really thing, isn't lazy. it? It's so lazy. Mm. Like you could do something cool with it, uh, and all he did was put some flashes on because it's like a nightclub. Why wasn't it like, I don't know, like like why wasn't it part of the cartoon bit with a with a rooster and yeah, someone that, else? That was weird. It sh- like, I thought it was. Why start wasn't there like a strawberry pavlova? And it's like oh, because it's a it's a cream pie, and it's <laughs> Ex- like getting exactly. it gets blown up or something. Like yeah, 
why wasn't it a strawberry pavlova? That's that's a really good point. <laughs> that's what everyone should take away from this podcast. Strawberry pavlovas. <laughs> like, would you would like you just I, do anything else differently? I mean, I do, I I quite like him. Is 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 Don John? Is the Don? I mean, it's a stu- like it says that is really nerdy. Now you've said it, and I think they should have played on that more. Um, but I, I really like Joseph Gordon Levitt. Is this character just because, like it says at the beginning, it's like it's just a different role. I wouldn't have expected him to do something like this, and I'm glad he did. He took the yeah. the chance and the risk. And if he was, you know, a couple of feet taller, you know, maybe it would have just about. Pulled <laughs> Which is off. such a shame that we have to say that. Yeah, I, but I I feel like he's like. It's weird that he he can get all the girls, but he's got a bit of the gift of the gab, and he's also got like this body type. He's a superhero. But it's not essentially. just him, though, is it? It's right, like the first scene with the the nightclub, and it's like him and his two mates, and it's like, oh, we're at the nightclub, and it's like, yeah, yeah we got my, I've got my tank top on, I got my muscles out, and like, oh, what's she? She's an eight, nah, man, she's only a four. It that yeah. bit there doesn't make any sense for the rest of the film because that that feels like it was written by a 14-year-old boy thinking that he knows what it's like to be in a nightclub yeah. scoring well, chicks. What, what's, what's interesting about this is we don't see anyone else scoring chicks. Like, there's not, like, another group who are not doing so well or doing even better. That's the only people we see. It's, like, that's the only reference we have to, like, he is a 10. Like... If he if we see if this is a ten, he's a ten. We don't see anyone else who's who's also a, a ten as they, they say it. Ah, so it's just so, like this... so he, he's cast himself and he's went, in order for me to pull this off, everyone else that's cast in this movie has to be more ugly than I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, you, know, you know who could have played this? If you got Will Smith when he was Hitch, he could have played the character. Because it was, it would be more of like he's a too, suave sort of guy. He's too comedic. Head sort of guy. Will, and they, Will I feel Smith. like they needed some comedy. Will Smith wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't risk doing something like this, which is the thing I don't like about Will Smith. And you know how much of a fan I am of Will Smith, like a massive fan. He I doesn't know. take any. I remember I you like talking I, about Will Smith and you Pavlovad all over. <laughs> I know, I did. I went to see him live once, so I tell you. Um, but it's like did you someone bring like a that strawberry Pavlova. I did, yeah, I nearly had one. Um, but he, <laughs> he wouldn't. He like actors like that wouldn't do something like that. Maybe because the the two mainstream. Uh, I know Justin Gordon Levitt was he's he's massive in his own right. But I also think like Scarlett Johansson as well. Like she's like we just said at this point she had done a lot and she just done Avengers and again she's very very different from a lot of other roles that we've seen her in. You know, she's got a, like a, a a Jersey accent. She's she's def. It's a this is definitely a character. That, it's weird know, how they make her they make her unattractive in this, which I didn't think was possible. The middle what unattractive? unattractive. No, they don't, man. <laughs> don't, what, did you watch it with the? the, the <laughs> they make her personality unattractive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they make her out to be a tall bitch really well. <laughs> yeah, they really do. Um, but like these are like hyper realistic characters that we only would only see on like uh like a Jersey Shore or Geordie Shore or whatever they are only with Essex or a Love Island. It's kind of taking the mick out of those people as well, which I quite like. Um, right, and yeah. I just like how I'll just like how opposite both of those two actors are in terms of the characters. 
um, obviously the actors and that can do this. Uh, so I, I don't think I'll change too much about it. Maybe the the final act, it kind of just it kind of just gets there, stumbles uh, on itself think, a bit. Yeah, it does. I think it's 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 actually should be another ten minutes long, which normally we wouldn't see. But I think it's just missing missing a little bit of his change of like what he's learned throughout the entire piece. Has it aged uh, then? It's currently seven years old. I don't think uh, it's aged at all. No, I wouldn't say so. I don't think like it, it will. There's not too much in terms of technology. They mentioned Facebook, but that's going to be around for like a thousand years or something. The, the themes screen are very is a bit modern. Screen is a bit 2013. Yeah. yeah. Also, it, it didn't look like a Mac. It was really weird that it had like a Mac operating system on, but it wasn't a Mac. Yeah, that's a bit weird. Uh, so that, but other than that, that's about it. Like his car is an old car, like a muscle car. Yeah. So that yeah. that's it. The t- the telly in his parents' house is like a 75 inch telly in the living room. Like it's absolutely. Ma- it reminds us of the one off Back to the Future too. Yeah. Uh, the tel- the telly they've got. Um, right. Uh, is it in the Matrix? I always forget about this question. (laughs) The other question is because it's set on the same campus as Community. Is this in the Community verse? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. (laughs) I don't think it's in the Matrix either. I I don't want to try and force it. (laughs) No. Right. Nah, Nah. I don't think so. I've got nothing. Nah. All right, that was that was a disappointing one. That's the only one we've never came up with. <laughs> right, right uh, trivia, trivia, fun f- facts, and fan theories. Then what you've uh, got? You talked about you I watched d- a bit of behind the scenes. Yeah, just, this at some um, point. Yeah, there's there's some clips on um, on YouTube, and it's it's just more like on set experience, um, and you could you can kind of see him running between like the monitors and watching, and then on a set and given like control to be honest it's quite impressive that he has done all of this um there's there's like one the the scene in the montage at the beginning when he's like he loves his family he loves his church he loves his mates he loves his porn the mates bit it's just there's a little clip of just like him directing them whilst in character and telling the other two actors right this is going to be part of the sequence um of just like when it's my routine and all we need to do is like cheer when uh when the the team scores so it shows you like we're like sports we're together we're lads and it's just it's simple direction like that um do you think there's a lot of replay uh on set do you think there's a lot of playback on set with this like do you think he has to look at his own performance yeah i think if you look at there's some behind the scenes pictures on imdb and uh there's a lot of like him looking at monitors and and things like that which is probably very difficult to do because I think you might lose a little bit of the flow, like when yeah. you're trying to direct and act. And I mean, we, we've we've made you know short films, and we've, we've we've also had multiple roles in those films. And it's sometimes even that is quite difficult. You know, I think obviously you've done sound and directed at the same time, and you're like you can't do both of them at the same time. One yeah. gets in the way, so you've got to go right. I'm going to do one. I'm going to do going to do the next. Um, and yeah, it's you got like, to take one hat off to put the other hat on. Can't wear yeah. Both. Um. But again, he's done it all, and I think it's a solid film, especially for him doing everything in his first directorial debut. So it's you can't. I can't Saying really that, see. John Krasinski's directorial debut was that not a quiet place? Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was. Or was that I like his do... second or third film? Maybe. No, I think I think that might have been. No, his first. first. 
Yeah, uh, we yeah, should I do suppose. that for the pod. Uh, you smashed that one. That's a better one. But he's done a <laughs> but... sequel, so. Uh... Uh, Pornhub uh, supplied the videos for the production. Hard to them. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 they've got an advert for the website in the film, so. Yeah. <laughs> they have. Um, uh, no, I don't think I've got any more. Like, there's, there's some good stuff on YouTube to, like, watch behind the scenes and, and things like that, so. Um, but it's just, it's a solid, solid indie, I think, an indie film. Uh, some good themes and some good characters, so. Yeah, so uh, how many come shots out of 10 then? <laughs> oh, man. Oh. <laughs> was it, a, was full, was it, a, was it no, a dime? No, gunshots, shooting. Cause you... Oh, I was going to say how many dimes. <laughs> how many dimes? Let's, can we go with dimes, please? <laughs> how many strawberry Is... pavlovas out of 10? No, no I, I'm going to give it a, uh, like a, a good seven and a half dimes, like. Seven and a half, K-Dog? Seven and a half. Uh, at the beginning, I was more of a five, but I think you've talked me to a six, six and a half mops. Yeah. You mean the beginning it's... of the pod? Because you're yeah. a bit indecisive, so was I at the, at the beginning of the pod. Yeah, the beginning of the pod, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, probably probably a solid six. It's only got a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. I oh, there you go. See, I'm, I'm in line with IMDb there. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'll give it a... I'll give it a, it's a solid seven, but I think yeah. maybe a, maybe a 7.5. Now that we're, I would have been lower at the beginning, but now that we've talked about it and talked about the plot structure and, and the direction and everything, I think it's a lot more impressive than just watching it. Mm-hmm. So I, th- uh, I have to give it to him. Yeah, Joy, I think, Joy I th- Jordan, Levi, hold it on. I think you could follow this, uh, you know, if you were making a rom-com about uh, you could follow the structure quite well. Um, for this one, I think it's set out qu- not basic, but I think the the themes are all there, and I think it's 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 good to follow along with. Uh, and it's just brave that he's like you're saying the whole porn thing. It's like a brave choice. So like I, I, that's what I, I, I quite really that's what I really like about it. I've seen this and film the fact like five that it was times. Successful, have you? Yeah, have you, Rob? Yeah. You, have. <laughs> <laughs> you can just use the internet, you know. All oh, right, yeah. <laughs> There's um, a website you can use. Um, I think that, he used oh, it. It's a re- Did you know that it's a real website? Was <laughs> it? Did I you know, know that pornos are real things? <laughs> right, you I'm know, we, quick... we talk about how uh, K-Dog embodies the characters of, of the films he watches. <laughs> K-Dog, right, when um... you first watched this, were you uh, deleting your history a lot? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Right, if you want to reach us at the, on the podcast, I'm just going to end it right now. Um, you can find us at thefilmlook@gmail.com. We're coming uh, to can, an oh, end. Yeah, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Film Look. Um, you can also find us on YouTube. We've got a YouTube channel, again, called The Film Look, where we drop filmmaking knowledge bombs based on the films we make. Um, yeah, to be honest, this podcast was quite tame i was a little bit it went, it went better than i, I thought yeah yeah and i watched it last night i was like oh my goodness why have i suggested this but until next time goodbye bye cheers <laughs> <laughs> you're cut, cut. Oh, I